Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Buckeye Bombayas with Bell Haven and the Boy. This could come back to haunt you. Um, True. When when uh, you know you make it big time. Yeah, I gotta watch what I say. Yeah, you and me both, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So it's just that uh, Nathan, by the way, he can't join us. Um, uh, he's with the in-laws and they're doing something or another. So it's going to be you and I shouldn't take too long. Uh, I think the real key is, is I wanted to uh, just talk to you and get your, your perspective of Michigan since you guys played them, right? It's your first game of the year, uh, stepping into the big house, uh, big outhouse, as I like to call it. And, um, so, yeah, based off of that perspective, I was going to ask you a few questions to just get a sense on on what we might expect uh, coming uh, tomorrow. So I think the first question I have. So uh, I think three years ago, um, Bev and I, you know, we took a trip to French Polynesia for our our anniversary. And, uh, you know, we were doing some island hopping and we were going to the island of Taha to uh, do a tour of a vanilla farm. Mm-hmm. And I just remember stepping off that boat and just the wonderful, overwhelming fragrance of the vanilla. I mean, it was just, you know, it was wonderful. It was amazing. And so my first question is, as you stepped off that team bus in Ann Arbor, did you get an overwhelming sense of urine? <laughs> uh, actually, I did not. No. Um, we, we went to the stadium the night before the game, um, to kind of get a feel for, get a feel for the stadium. And, um, you know, our head coach really told us just to kind of, you know, you do all the Snapchats and take all the pictures and videos you want to, but tomorrow, you know, expect a level of profession, professionalism, um, and just ready to roll. Um, but no, it wasn't nothing. I was actually, you know, I'm not, not a Michigan fan, but it was, it was pretty impressive. I'll be honest. So just to see all the, all the famous games have been played there and, you know, the famous uh, locker room commotion between Ohio state and Michigan a few years ago. So it was, it was, I was kind of in awe to be honest. So you didn't have, he didn't bring like a, a, the, the who album cover where they're all urinating on a wall and, and to give you guys any, inspiration on what maybe to do next we we did not my mom encouraged me to do some things like that but i decided not to take her advice (laughs) uh what a wise wise woman this is indeed spencer fox (laughs) so i i think uh you have gone a little too far because we just jumped right into it uh we are with the ginger bomber spencer fox and so tell us a bit about yourself and why we have you here. Yes. So uh, Jim and I crossed paths many years ago. Um, my mom and his wife uh, both worked at the same same school, actually, where I went to high school. And then Jim and Beverly's kids went to high school. Um, so I've been kind of stayed connected ever since. Um, I played my college ball at Franklin College. And then uh, you know I went and made a quick coaching stop at Anderson University north of Indianapolis. And then right after that, um, where I am now, I'm at Western Michigan University as a uh, quality control football coach. Um, so I'm working with the running backs and the special teams. And obviously, we, uh, 
the Broncos took on the Wolverines week one of this uh, 21 season. So that's kind of where we got started. Splendid. Uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, well, first of all, before I ask you anything else, just congratulations. You guys are now bowl bound. Thank you. Um, any indication, obviously, the, the season obviously has to end and, you know, people uh, start um, getting their bowl invitations. But any sense as to, you know, any talk about where that might be and stuff like that? Uh, no, we're, kind of, we're unsure right now. Um, we know there's a couple different possibilities for us, um, but we really have to wait until the MAC championship is played. Um, so I assume we'll probably figure out in about a week or two. Um, but not positive. So I know there's a few options in Florida. Um, there's a bowl game in Alabama we can go to. The Quicken Lanes Bowl in Detroit, which is a you know a short trip from home. Um, but then also the the famous Potato Bowl. So there's a lot of different options. When they say the famous potato, it just makes us wonder who exactly that potato is. When yeah. they say the famous potato, is it Mr. Potato Head? Yeah, that's okay. I'm not too sure, to be honest. Well, then maybe that's the bowl you need to go to so you know, we can have you back on. You need to figure that we can, out. We can put that one to the rest. If we put nothing else to rest in life, you know, maybe, maybe that's it, uh, you know, who the famous uh, potato is. Um, so actually, you know, what, what, does they, what, what do you do as the, uh, the quality control coach with the running backs? Mm -hmm. So this is a, an intro-level position. Um, so really for the most part, just, just getting into the profession, learning, you know, the basics of, you know, what it is to coach at the college football level. Um, so a big majority of what I do is, um, help out the graduate assistants, um, and really just, you know, work on scout cards. I assist with these scouting reports, um, help out with self scouting, um, like what our offense does, what our tendencies are and things like that. Um, so, so yeah, the, you know, pretty, pretty basic intro level job, um, but really about, you know, meeting people and, you know, really just showing them who I am as a person and who I am as a coach. Very nice. Very nice. So uh, did you then do some of the scouting uh, for Michigan before you guys took them uh, on? I did, I did not. So when I first got there, I got there in July and um, the graduate assistants had already broken down um, what we were preparing for with Michigan. Um, so they kind of got ahead of the game, but I did, I did not uh, assist with any of that. It was, the work was really already done when I got there. So, Okay. Uh, but you were focused on either way. You were focused on the running backs. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So what did you expect then? Uh, going into that game from a run game perspective. Obviously, we hear a lot about Aiden Hutchinson. I think over the course of the year, uh, Ojabo, his name has been, you know, thrown around to the point where, um, you know, to listen to the main media hype it up, these are the two most fantastic defensive ends uh, on the face of the planet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they're going to get all this overwhelming pressure. Did you guys have that sense before you went in? I mean, did you name names, for example, say, you know, I got to go take care of Aiden Hutchinson? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. We definitely knew there was going to be a big task ahead of us. Um, we knew that they were a very talented, um, you know, defensive line, a defense in general, really, um, but especially their defensive line. We knew that was going to be a tough task um, for our offensive line and then our running game as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we really – 
we, we knew it was going to be a challenge. Um, it was, a it was a completely different thing. Once we stepped on the field though, they really did. Uh, they were, they were pretty impressive. So they're extremely talented and, you know, made it, made us realize it very quickly yeah. uh, how big of an impact they can have on a football game. So, so with, with that in mind, I mean, so you're planning for this and you go in you say, obviously it looks a little bit different once you step out on the field, but did they do anything that surprised you or was it just the case that they're so talented that they just out executed us and it didn't matter what we threw at them? Yeah. Um, well, it was, it was extremely difficult because um, obviously they had a new defensive coordinator coming in. Um, he had experience previously at the Baltimore Ravens, Mike McDonald. Um, so we didn't necessarily know exactly what they were going to do on the defenses out of the ball. Um, we knew at the end of the day, we we're going to deal with a lot of talented athletes who are going to run around and make plays. Um, but schematically, schematically, we were really, were not positive on what they were going to do. Um, we didn't really know where Aiden Hutchinson was going to line up, whether it was going to be to the field or to the boundary um, or like any tendencies like that. So that, that was a, a kind of a tough challenge. Um, but we found out pretty quickly into the game um, where they're going to line him up. So, and where did they line him up? Uh, they had him to the field, had him to the field a lot against, against us. And uh, he was, he was a wrecking ball. Okay. What about a Jabo uh, for your game? I mean, were you guys even thinking about him? when you went in or is it just something you're like, Oh crap, this guy's <laughs> pretty good too. Yeah. To be honest, our, our main, main focus was on Aiden Hutchinson. Um, but we, I mean, we quickly realized who the other guy was as well. Um, just both extremely talented guys. So yeah. yeah. A nightmare to be honest for some, some offensive lines. So what did you think about the interior? So just for your benefit, I, I speculated on our last episode, you know, Ohio State has lit up Michigan the past couple of times they've played through the air. And, and as you mentioned, this is a completely new uh, defensive coordinator, uh, different mm-hmm. scheme. And, you know, my philosophy is that we hear a lot about Aiden Hutchinson. We hear a lot about Ajabo and, and, you know, how is uh, Ohio State going to stop that pressure? And my theory is I think Ohio State has been sending this game up to just run, 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 run on Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I, I, my theory is, is I don't know that Michigan's interior defensive line, obviously they're talented, they're Michigan. Um, but is it wrong to think that that's a strategy to pound the interior of that line uh, to, to get away from those two? Or what, what would you say to that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, I would think that's, that's a good idea um, to really kind of gut it in both a gaps um, just kind of keep it away from, from those two talented defensive ends. Um, I would not be surprised if that's what we see. Um, I think that would be probably a pretty smart um, game plan from the Ohio state staff to kind of, you know, maybe avoid them as much as possible um, just because they're such game wreckers, um, especially in 97, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be it'll be very interesting to see what what they come out and do. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do that quite a bit, where they're running up the a gaps and running up the middle, and then do a lot of play action passes off of that as well. So it'll be interesting. So with that in mind, uh, take yourself uh, pretend you're a coach uh, for Ohio State going into this game, knowing what you experienced in Michigan, and knowing that obviously this is a game uh, much later in the year. When do you start thinking about them, uh, and what, what what are the first things you do in building a game plan offensively to, to go against a defense like this? 
Uh, well, first of all, I would just, you know, take a step back and figure out what kind of got you here. What, is, what are our bread and butter plays? Um, because I believe that the Ohio State offense is a very dominant offense. So I would look at what, is, what are the best plays that put our players in the best positions to succeed. Um, and I would go from there. So I would, I, if, if I'm one of those guys, I would definitely be aware of those two talented defensive ends. Um, I would probably try to go away from 97 as much as possible. But to be honest, I would be very confident. We're Ohio State. You know, we can, we can do whatever we want to these guys. If we want to run the ball and, you know, run the ball 50 times this game, let's do it. If we want to throw it a little bit more, let's do that too. Um, but first of all, I would just really – you know, figure out what got us there, what our bread and butter plays are and what our players are comfortable with running um, and go from there. And I believe that, that that would probably be enough to, to beat Michigan. Okay. Um, so you guys also played Pitt and you guys beat Pitt, which I think is awesome uh, because that is only one of two losses uh, that Pitt had. Uh, yes. Pitt's obviously had a very good year. They have an opportunity uh, in front of them to take the ACC. And so, you know, what an awesome thing that was. And so, because of that, I'm saying that because obviously they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, my personal opinion, you know, for people that listen to this show, they'll know that I, I tend to rip on mostly the SEC. I like to make fun of them. Um, so just for your benefit, we, we make fun of Michigan because that is, you know, as natural in life as just about anything. Um, of course, we, we mock the SEC. Um, and then, of course, the ACC and the Pac-12 this year, they get a special mocking because those two conferences we feel are terrible that being said I'm, I'm sure that you guys didn't think that way when you stepped on the Heinz field to play the Pitt Panthers um you know, a lot of times they get on them their internets and now all the folks are talking about well I'd like to see this coach compare this team to that team you know now obviously we didn't play Pitt but being that it's a big program, how would you compare what you experienced against Pitt and going up against their defense versus going up against um, Michigan? Because it feels like it, it was night and day. I mean, you guys lit Pitt up, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, what was the difference? Um, I think I think the main difference was going into Pitt, you know, with Coach Narduzzi being there um, and them having the same defense coordinator. We knew exactly what we were going to get from their defense. Um, you know, Coach Narduzzi is really is really known for his style of defense, um, but we knew we knew what we were going to get schematically from their defense. Whereas with Michigan, we just we weren't sure. Um, you know, with with the coach coming from the Ravens, we just really weren't positive on what we were going to get. But with the Pitt Panthers, we knew pretty pretty certain on what type of defense we were going to get, the tendencies they were going to have. Um, and then figured out the best best plans to attack that, and our guys did a great job of executing it. How would you compare the talent that Pitt had uh, versus what uh, Michigan had? I would say it's it was it was pretty close. Um, obviously, you know, with Michigan having those two really dominant guys up front, um, I would probably give them the edge um, for sure. Actually, um, but Pitt's defense was it was it was pretty good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I would give the edge to Michigan's defense, but both, both extremely aggressive, physical, tough defenses to go up against. Um, both front sevens were very tough and aggressive and um, was a great challenge for our guys. But, you know, we, we did uh, pretty well against Pitt, so it was good. Yes, you did. It was, it was very good. 
So let me put you on the spot a little bit here, because obviously you're focused more on the offensive side of the ball, but what stood out for you with respect to Michigan's offense um, when you guys played? Um, I, I was, I was pretty impressed, um, you know, with, with that being my first true division one game up front. Um, it was just, it was pretty incredible to see the sheer athleticism of, you know, the guys on, on Michigan's offense. Um, they had a, they had a wide receiver. I can't remember his name right now, but he was, he was pretty electric that game. Unfortunately, I think he tore his ACL, um, but just Ronnie Bell. Sheer, yes. Yep. Yep. Ronnie Bell. Yeah. But just the sheer athleticism by him and the raw speed. Um, it was just, it was crazy. Um, but I was very impressed, very impressed with their offense. Um, I thought they were very balanced against us. They had a great running attack and then also were, uh, doing a great job through the year too. But, uh, but yeah, I, I was, I was very impressed with them. So, uh, you know, during the game, at any point, did you look over to the other side of the field and see if Harbaugh was picking his nose? I did not, no. I, uh, there, there actually was, I think, two times where I kind of stopped and looked across and, you know, tried to take in who we were going up against. Um, you know, I saw him with his khaki pants on, bending over with his hands on his knees, and it was, uh, it was a pretty, pretty surreal moment. But, no, I didn't see any – any picking of the nose. Yeah, because uh, we, we feel that he likes to do it, and I think he likes to eat it. <laughs> Pretty sure he likes to eat those boogers. Did you get a chance to greet him or any of the other coaches after the game? Or? Uh, I was able to speak with Coach Hart, um, their running backs coach. Um, he was. We like to call him Bike Hart. Bike Hart? Bike Hart, you know, because you know, during the. <laughs> Ohio State game, he finds his place on the side of the field on his little bicycle. <laughs> it's a cute little bicycle. He should have little tassels in the handles. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I, I was able to uh, to meet him by cart. Um, but no, so he I, coached I, Indiana as well, which yeah, I don't yeah. think we can let this episode go by and, and letting the folks know why we have an special affinity for, for Indiana. Can you tell us why that is? And it's not bike heart, even though bike heart did coach at Indiana. I'm, and I'm sure that's probably why you, you approached him, I guess, because. Yes. Then, yeah. Yes. Yep. I want to introduce myself. Um, but yeah, so, so my grandfather was the head coach at Indiana from 2005 to 2007. Um, so yeah, we have a, a very special place in our heart for Indiana, for Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, great place. Yes, it is. The, the late, great Terry Hefner. Um, so, yeah, back to the, uh, to the offense. Um, it looks like, did, did you guys, and I'll admit, I did not have an opportunity to see a lot of their game with, with you guys. Um, what I have noticed with them over the course of the year is they've liked to have some sort of interplay, predominantly having Cade McNamara, but you know, bringing McCarthy in from time to time to, to change it up. Um, the feeling is, is that McCarthy is that running presence at quarterback that McNamara may not necessarily be. Um, I think, you know, that's a double-edged sword, uh, because I do think it cost them the, uh, the Michigan state game, um, by the timing of, of how they did things there. And then incidentally, I think the same thing bit Purdue, honestly, it gets to Ohio state, 
not long after that, you know, having some momentum, then they stick that other quarterback in. But all that being said, I'm really more interested in McNamara. I, I with McCarty, I think it's going to be an unknown and it'll pop in when it pops in. But by this time, McNamara may not be so much of an unknown. What are your thoughts on Cade McNamara? Um, you know, other than other than our game, I really haven't had a good chance to to watch really either of them in action. Um, you know, I've seen little bits and pieces, um, but but yeah, I mean, I think both very talented. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think that uh, yeah, both have great arms and uh, can really you know make a difference in a game, to be honest. So just level of, you know, being, being consistent um, and being the same person and being the same reliable person um, I think is big, but, but definitely have a lot of room to grow um, and mature, but, but yeah, they're, they're doing all right. So that kind of leads me to the question. You know, you, you basically said you hadn't been able to see much of them after the fact, which I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, do you get to watch much other college football other than the teams you're preparing for? I mean, when you get done with a game, especially when you have action on Tuesday, does that afford you the opportunity to uh, look at some of these, these teams? Absolutely. Yeah. So before, before action, I really wasn't able to watch any other games. Um, but yeah, thankfully now that with action going on, I'm actually just wrapping up, but the last, last couple of weeks I've been able to watch some Saturday games. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, been able to put up a projector in the office and do some work while watching the game. So it's, it's been good. Have you been able to catch any uh, of Ohio State's action? Um, I have not. Um, I've, you know, kind of kept tabs on them a little bit just because, I mean, the dominance that they've been having, especially these last couple weeks on offense, especially just been extremely impressive. I think I looked last week and they were averaging – 550 yards a game and right. lighting up the scoreboard averaging 45 points, whatever it was. So um, haven't been able to really watch, you know, the full 60 minute games, but I've been able to, you know, peek in here and there to kind of see what they're doing, but it's, it's been impressive. So you haven't been able to see that defense then. I think I that's probably the big question. So, so, which is kind of another one for you uh, being a, a coach at a team, um, that's not necessarily, aside from your first game with Michigan at the beginning of the year, you're not really associating yourself a lot with, with Big Ten uh, or other conferences for that matter. And obviously you get into the whole scheme of things during the week. You're working, you know, get to catch all of this action. Um, so is it something, though, where you at least catch uh, like highlights on Fox or ESPN or something and, and you hear some of the talking heads and the stuff that they talk about? Absolutely. Yeah. I would say that's probably the, the extent of it for a lot of uh, teams and games, but yeah, I really just, you know, looking at highlights on ESPN, um, looking at the stats on the games and things like that. So then do you hear then a lot of the things that people say about Ohio State's defense and how that's basically been kind of the Achilles heel so far this year? Uh, I've heard a little bit. Um, I knew that there was a, a coordinating change a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I haven't really seen that they've been, you know, struggling per se. Um, but I, I mean, I definitely know the biggest headline has been that offense and the things they've been able to do. So interesting. So tell me then, you know, if you were game planning this, what are the three keys 
seeing what you've seen with Michigan, now what would be the three keys for Ohio State in this game? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, the biggest the biggest preach you know preaching points that I would talk to the team about. Number one is protect the ball. Um, I believe that the team with the least amount of turnovers is going to put themselves in a great position to win the football game. So that would be number one. Um, number two is to be you, um, especially on offense. You know, they've been lining up the scoreboard, doing a fantastic job executing what the coaches are telling them to do and the plays that they're running. Um, so just to be you, because it's obviously gotten you in a great position right now to be the number two team in the nation. Um, and then the third one, um, I would probably say. Do you feel like SpongeBob right now? From SpongeBob the movie, you want to say, or some other third thing? Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, the third thing I would probably just say is, uh, you know, just to keep your head down and keep on grinding, um, you know, just to have that attitude that no matter what happens, you know, to have a short memory and to keep on going and, um, you know, as long as you have the teammates around you, believe in you and trust in you, um, you know, if you guys stay connected as one, you guys will definitely come out on top. So who is Western Michigan's chief rival? Uh, we have two. We have Central Michigan and Eastern Michigan. Okay. And what is it that's different about that week, one of those weeks when you go into it? from any other week Mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely a a different level of intensity um with any normal game because it's not just another normal game um you know there's a a trophy online and you know bragging rights to be honest so yeah there's definitely definitely a level of intensity that picks up during those two weeks um and everybody knows it in the building from you know whether you're at the very top or you know, at the very bottom, everybody understands that it is rivalry week. So it's definitely taken very serious. Uh, and yeah, just a different level of intensity. So when does, uh, so yeah, obviously you don't know your, your bowl or bowl opponent yet, but once you do that, what, what does that uh, preparation look like once you step into that? So I know that, you know, right away we'll get all the film um, from all the games they've played this past year. And then especially on an offensive side of the ball, We'll just go through and break down all their defensive games that they played, um, a simple scouting report. Um, coaches will start watching film on them and just trying to figure out what our, you know, initial thoughts are. We'll get together as a staff and kind of go over that. Um, but, yeah, the biggest thing is just uh, kind of assembling those things and then getting our thoughts together and then obviously going through. I think we'll probably have about, you know, 10 to 14 days of practice before a bowl game. So, um, so yeah. I'm personally hoping hoping that it you know ends up uh, in Detroit. You know, I can easily drive up to that one and, and give it a go. Absolutely, that'd be great. I think we we play a uh, I think it's an ACC team in the Quicken Lanes Bowl. Very nice, very nice. That would be that would be awesome, uh, yeah. especially since you have experience already in in you know beating up on the ACC. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. See if we can go two and Nice. Okay. Well, I think that's all I have. Um, so I, you know, thank you very much for doing this. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Appreciate you taking the time, uh, especially giving some, some thoughts, kind of some insider thoughts as I'd like to call it, uh, on Michigan. Um, 
I suspect that, yes, you did see Jim Harbaugh pick his nose and you just don't want to out him in front of everybody. But I can assure you he's outed himself a couple of times on national TV mm-hmm. with the finger not only up the nose, but in the mouth. Um, so at any rate, Spencer Fox, ladies and gentlemen, on this fantastic episode of Buckeye Bombast with Bill Haven and the boy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Take care and good luck. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye.